you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says at the start, this is Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. You can find me online at Jeff MLB Draft or go to Scouting Baseball 24-7 Sports. I'm currently in the process of doing a top 11 for every single team in baseball through reverse draft order. The St. Louis Cardinals article is up right now. Next is the Seattle Mariners working my way through the systems. Every Monday I have a report about who I call it uh, full count trends. It's three players that had a, a good weekend or a rising in college baseball and two who are falling or did not have the strongest weekend. And the draft content is going to start amping up a lot more. I also have some fun numbers pieces where I kind of run through guys who are standing out from uh, statistical performances. But most of you are tuning in to listen to me talk about the Indians. And again, I want to thank everyone who's tuning in. If it's on the Himalaya app, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, the everyone's been extremely kind. The reviews, the positivity, uh, and our... Um, our downloads are going up with each episode, so thank you to everyone who is subscribing, rating, reviewing, sending me kind words, and telling a friend. Uh, it's all fantastic for our growth. So, today's show, I'm going to talk about the the game today, obviously. Uh, quick hitter about the minor leagues as well. And then I'm going to look into what's going on with Jose Ramirez. Um... We can start the um counter right now. Just his performance this year has been troublesome, to say the least. So it was a, it was an odd game. Is that fair to say? Uh, Trevor Bauer going seven innings, but needing 117 pitches, which is a lot for a second start. I understand he had a no hitter going, but he had also. You know, hit one batter. He had six walks. He he put a lot of guys on base. Um, it's a little concerning that the walk rates are that high, and that he was that often out of the zone. When you're facing a Toronto Blue Jays team that isn't that good, you can get away with it. I don't know. You face another lineup. I don't see you getting away with it the blue jays have some interesting names but it's not it's a lineup of very similar to the indians in a lot of regards at this point uh, it's one of the worst teams offensively in baseball and while i appreciate uh going as deeply as they did with a no hitter uh i don't know if they would be able to do that against any other team if you're curious about like the early ons. Toronto is currently batting as a team 190, 276 on base percentage, and 324 slugging percentage. The Indians are worse. Uh, the Blue Jays are 26th in batting average and 24th in on base and slugging. I can pull up the Indians' exact ranks in those same areas. But again, it, it's a very young team with a lot of players. Uh, there's no. They don't even have a Carlos Santana, let alone a Jose Ramirez, who's kind of that heart of their uh, their lineup that gives them some legitimate uh, star power. The Indians are up to 28th in batting average at 174, uh, 259 on base percentage, or 239 slugging. So they are just a little bit worse than the Blue Jays at this point. 
the other parts of the game that stood out is Santana kept things going. When you look at the four runs they scored, he was involved to some degree in all of them. You go back to the fourth, he scored one of those runs. You know, he was intentionally put on base. And in the seventh, Santana was on base when they scored the fourth run. Uh, he's been instrumental to this offense. And so far this year, in all of six games, is the offensive MVP. Plenty of time for things to change, but uh, his performance has been better than anyone could have hoped. Brad Hand came out and had another, gave up a run, some a little bit of the shakiness. There are the concerns with the velocity being down from a year ago. Uh, Naquin had a double. He went two for four. He had a strong game. I'll give credit where credit is due. Stamets 0 for 3 with two Ks. Uh, you know, for the guys like hit, I mean, he still does not have a hit. Um, and you're looking at six games in. I'll pull up the Indians' uh, exact stats. I apologize for the clicking sounds in the back room with the mouse. But if you look at this, he is currently 7th on the team in at-bats with 15 and 0 hits. Um, Greg Allen has 12 and he has 0 hits. And then next up is Kevin Palacki, the backup catcher, with 4 and 0 hits. Um, yeah, And the other problem, he's, he's just got the one walk. So you got a guy who's reached base through one walk through six games. It's uh, his OPS is .063. It's not working. He has been a grinder. He has earned an opportunity. After six games, you don't want to necessarily say, "Oh, hey, it's you know you, you want something to get a longer look." But again, this is a player that did not perform at all a year ago in an extremely hitter-friendly environment, and it's just not happening right now. If it's Ryan Flattery, or let's give Chang a chance, uh, I there's no reason to not be calling him up. He has a higher ceiling, he has a higher floor, and if you're worried about service time for a guy who's not going to be a free agent until he's in his 30s, then you're doing it wrong. You know, this isn't a situation like a Francisco Lindor who will be a free agent as he's hitting his prime. It's with with Chang, he's not going to be a free agent until he is over thirty. So service time be darned. So the you know, of course, the big thing was the no hitter. I mentioned this. The Indians took a combined no hitter into the ninth. Pulling Trevor Bauer was a hundred percent the right call. One could argue that. If it was a wrong call, the only reason it was a wrong call is because they should have done it sooner. Uh, perfect game is a fun anomaly. We haven't really... I don't... There has not been a perfect... Or perfect game, I keep saying... There's not been a no-hitter by an Indians pitcher in my lifetime. The last no-hitter happened uh, a few months before I was born. It's really interesting to, to see a no-hitter occur, but uh, a no-hitter is not worth... Trevor Bauer throwing too many pitches, uh, possibly getting hurt, being sore, any of that stuff. Um, Bauer does feel like a guy you can just let throw as much as he wants and he'll be fine, but 117 pitches in a second start is a lot, and 
you're hoping to have him pitch important games later in the year. You don't want him... You just don't want to expose him to greater chance of risk. Now, I mentioned I'd have some comments on the minor leagues today because it is uh, the minor leagues opening day. And what's kind of humorous about that is while the Indians were pitching so well and having a no-hitter, the uh, the Rubber Ducks in Akron were had their home opener and were being no-hit themselves. They ended up uh, getting one hit against the Altoona Curve. Um, for those who are not familiar, Altoona is the Pittsburgh Pirates double-A uh, team. And it is, I was looking at the lineup, and I decided to not go to any games this weekend because there's just not prospects there that are interesting or exciting. I don't think they had a single prospect that made my Pirates top 11, which just posted last week. Jared Olivia is the most interesting guy, and I'm just not as high on him as others. So I, uh, yeah, not going to go there in Trenton. It's Unless Trevor Steffian's pitching, it's not that intriguing with them either. So it's might be a bit of time. Erie is one of the most interesting teams. Uh, if you get a chance to see Erie when they're in Akron, take advantage of it. They're loaded with starting pitching, so just about any game you see is going to be a good one. When we uh, come back from the quick little break here, I'm going to take a kind of a deeper dive in Jose Ramirez, talk about what's going on there, and then we'll see uh, how much time we have left and uh, <clears throat> maybe a few more thoughts about where the Indians are going. BlueChew.com, they're our sponsor. It is fantastic that we have sponsorship at all. I am so thankful to them as a company. So if you have ever been curious about a little bit of male enhancement, but you were maybe too embarrassed to try, here is your opportunity. You can try a free trial for just 5 bucks. You're going to have to go on there and answer a few medical questions before they send it to you, but you're just paying for shipping. And you can try the only chewable little blue pill. BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. Check it out. The Indians lineup I have gone in depth on this year. There is a, it's not pretty, to put it nicely, but one of the reasons it's really an issue is Jose Ramirez. With all the other pieces there, you expected or hoped Ramirez could be at least 80% of what he was a year ago. He did, you wondered, could it be the, the ball he fouled off? Maybe he's trying to play through an injury, but he is, he hasn't been a shadow of a shadow of a shadow of who he was a year ago. And if we even go back to last season, I pulled up his splits. And, you know, in the postseason across those three games, he didn't have a single hit. He was really ineffective in the postseason. And when you go to his month-by-month stats, his September... So if we start out, April, March, 867 OPS. May, 1.189 OPS. June, 0.929. July, 1.164. So we see that May, June, July is really where he was excelling. But April and March was quite good as well. August, 8.23 OPS. That's the worst for it. Um, 
and then we hit September and October, and all of a sudden it plummets to 637. His batting average, which had been anywhere from 245 to 322, falls to 174. His on-base percentage, which had never been lower per month of than 353, drops to 322. <clears throat> And his slugging, which the previous low for in a month was 457, drops to 315. So his he's not he's not making contact in the first place. His bat pips really fall apart. You know, an average bat pip for a major league player is is around 285, 290, and Ramirez's had been pretty consistently around or close to that mark the entire season. And then you look there, and a 184. So he's he was still walking at about the same rate. That's the one thing you could say. But the power went away, hitting for average. It seemed like he was selling out for power. He was so close to that 40 home run mark that he was maybe trying a little too hard. His, one of the nice things when you look on baseball reference is they have OPS for split relative to players' total OPS. So it's basically, did they do better or worse in the split per month for OPS Plus? And then they have the OPS split relative to league, so comparing him to the rest of the league. So when you look at Ramirez for those months, that final month, his split relative to himself is OPS Plus. If you're not familiar with it, it's one of those nice ones where 100 is average. His fell to 40 for himself and 80 for the rest of the league. When he was at his peak in July, his OPS versus the rest of his season for him, he was at a 145. And against the league, he was at a 208. Um, I'm sorry, July wasn't his best. May at 149 and 220. But the point is, you go back, and August, he's not quite as high, but he's still quite good. And he has just since september started not been the same hitter and so far this year it's not gone well either so the question becomes is this just a slow start is this something else going on um is he overthinking things is it been you know a rough stretch then a rough postseason and now a rough stretch to start the year i don't know um look for some people smarter than me who sit there and break down some of the stuff i wish i could give you a better answer at this point i rely heavily on data and i need more of it i just can see enough there to have some concerns but i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh jose ramirez is done you know we have to see and hopefully it's just that he banged that ball off his knee he's playing at about 80 percent and his swing's a little wonky right now and he'll uh he'll figure it all out because with Lindor out for an extended period of time, and then he's going to have to come back and deal with the rust that he has. This and with the losses this team had, going from Gomes to Perez, and no matter what you think of Jan Gomes, last year he was a top eight catcher in baseball in general, and probably top five offensively. And Michael Brantley, who definitely showed some decline as the year went on, but was excelling. Uh, with both of those being massive downgrades and without any real upgrades, they can't afford Jose Ramirez to be playing how he's been, especially when Lindor's out. They need those centerpieces to excel. And it's uh, 
It's part of the issue this year. Right now you have Carlos Santana and nobody else. And, you know, again, this is a reminder to not look up Yandy Diaz's stats because they will make you sad, especially when you realize that, you know, he was not given a chance a year ago and he still hit 312. And this year he's doing even better. So there we are, week two in the books. We are still within the first 5% of the season. Just talking about some of the things we can see, but we don't have any hard data points or long data. I want to thank everyone who's been listening, and especially this week as you deal with me and my head cold and the coughing and the 40,000 ums per episode. I swear, I think I'm getting a little bit better. But again, all the credit to you guys. Thank you so much. Remember that you can tell your smartphone when you get in your car to play Locked On Indians, and these will always be at under 20 minutes. Uh, you can subscribe on the Himalaya app, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, uh, every subscription, every review, it helps. And telling a friend is also extremely helpful. And again, thank you for just how kind everyone's been with this new venture. And as always, go Tribe!